0: Let's go.
1: Right, everybody, please stand up. Happy Easter.
0: There was a moment when the lights went out, when death had claimed its victory. Of love had given up his life, the darkest day in history. There on a cross they made for sinners, for every curse his blood atoned. One final breath and it was finished. But not the end we could have known, for the earth began to shake, and the veil was torn. What sacrifice was made as the heavens rolled? the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord has risen. be a burden but you
1: We just thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for your resurrection that just changed everything. And, God, may we just be people who just recognize that because you rose from the dead, that everything has changed and that we just call upon your name, that this is not it. Thank God, Lord, this world is not it, but that we can have eternal life through you and we can have the fullness of that life here and now. So, God, I just ask your Holy Spirit to just fill this place. And um, as, we, as we talk about the Father today, um, and we, we recognize that you're running to us but um, we need to turn and run to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. At this time, um, our, our kids, our Haven kids, they're all on this side today. Um, and for everybody else who's not a kid who's heading out that way, turn to somebody and say, Happy Easter. And then turn to your second choice and say, Hey, I hope the Easter Bunny got you too.
2: Know why i had to think about that but i think i've said it twice today hey first time i couldn't dance there was no music so the second time i could dance it's all good welcome everybody and there's way too many of you i introduced myself to a lot of people today i haven't forgotten your names because I ran up here and wrote them down. But anyway, I just a lot of visitors, a lot of family and friends, and thank you for coming and joining us today on this most amazing Sunday. It's just so nice to see you. There is a reason for this Sunday that we're just all excited about. Um, Jesus bled on the cross and took my sins. And let me tell you, that's an amazing thing when you really think about that process. He took my sins so I could have everlasting life. And go to heaven. And I really tell you, heaven's going to be a beautiful place. I just know it. We have a couple praises today. Donna and Bill Wiggum are grandparents with a new granddaughter Friday, Lydia. So they have a new baby girl to be excited about. And um, I guess that's all the praises. Anybody else got anything good? <laughs> Sorry. Got a lot of people to pray for. Now, I praise this room because this is amazing. When you stand up here and there's not a seat in the house, and the seats that are were the kids that all went over to that room. And I think we really should pray for our Sunday school teachers today because they got a full house. And uh, I know they got my grandson, so I'm especially praying. Um, I just want to say I'm blessed because I've often said my goal is to fill the front row. And today I was able to fill the front row with family. And I was able to fill the back row with family. And that is so exciting for me. And I just want each of you to, to make that your goal is to bring those people that you love to church. Because you want to see them in heaven. And I'll stop preaching, Jack. I'm sorry. Anyway, you know what I mean. The ones you love, bring them with you. It's all good. Can't hurt. Um, we want to... Um, Reach out to the Kip family who lost their grandmother this week. Um, Rebecca and Mark couldn't be here today because they're sick, and they're very frustrated, but we'll get we'll them get better. Hey, guys. Um, and a shout-out to all our family that couldn't come to church today, that they have to stay home for other reasons and or reasons where they can't be in a large crowd. So um, let's keep a shout-out for them. Dennis Christie, one of our fellow brothers here in church is in the hospital and he's very sick so we want to lift him up okay and pray for him and pray for his healing um and now we're going to pray just pray (laughs) dear heavenly father put your hands on your knees folks this is what i do give it to god whatever you woke up with this morning that financial problem that work-related problem that spouse problem, your kids that drive you crazy problem, whatever it is that was given you the devil this morning, put it, on, put it on your knees and give it to God because God will take care of it. He will lift you. He will talk with you. He will walk with you. He will go through that journey no matter what the journey. And raise your hands to God now and say, hey, I need that loving, and God will give it to you. He will give you love, he will give you hope, he gives us mercy, and he gives us grace. And grace is what we don't deserve, but we get it. So let's praise him and thank him for all that he gives to us, and that he will answer these prayers. Have him be with Pastor Jack today, as he gives us the message, because we've all been a little lost, and we all come home. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.
1: Hi. Uh, that didn't. What right. Everybody good. Yep. All right, if you're, if you're not or you need something, by all means, we've got some people around here. that will be glad to help you find something if you need to or anything else. And so we're just glad to cheer. are This appears, the QR code. Um, so if you have your smartphone, you can take it out and, you um, uh, you know, put the camera up and hold down on it. And it'll give you um, this thing digitally, your um, bulletin, your worship guide. If you want to follow along and have it digitally or you're afraid that you might spill coffee on it or whatever, go for it. Um, or you can get chocolate hands. I don't know, whatever you're doing. But um, you can go ahead and hit that if you want to. Um, and you don't have to, if you got a paper one, that's fine too. Um, the other thing is, we got a couple, um, other things that I just want to touch on real quick. One of those, you've seen some signs, not only here, but all around probably the county and the tri-state area. Um, and Joanna, uh, had mentioned it, the God Loves You Tour, um, which is put on by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society. And Franklin Graham is coming to Cecil County. Never thought you'd hear that, would you? Um, but Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son, and is doing several of these, um, these um, uh, tours that are that are going on, and th- he's going to be on Tuesday, May second, out in Fair Hill. All right, and it's um, they they got different areas. Um, they're trying to get people from Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, so the tri-state area, and um, to go ahead and, and come out. What do they call it of the Tidewater? Is that what it's called? and they call it that? So, so, um, so uh, great time to come out and um and be and just be part of that to attend, just receive if you. Um, you want to get a chance to, to hear him. It's uh, He's a really, really dynamic speaker and um, it's pretty good. I said earlier, I, I'm old enough that I I had the opportunity to go to a Billy Graham crusade when I was a little kid in, um, in Veterans Stadium. And I said both Billy Graham and Veterans Stadium are no longer here, so I've outlived the stadium and Billy, uh, Billy Graham. But they're going to be here. There's also some training sessions if people want to volunteer. But one of the um, cool things about it is they're going um, to give uh, avenues to be able to share your faith. So if you don't want to go ahead and volunteer um, in setting up and other kinds of things, but if you don't wanna volunteer, that's fine, but it's a great opportunity to get a free opportunity to go ahead and learn some more tools that uh, free you up to be able to share your faith. Because many Christians say, I don't wanna share my faith, I just don't know enough, I don't know what to say. This is a good way to do that. And um, I know the 13th of um, April we're gonna be, um, several of us are gonna go to Pleasant View. If you wanna sign up to help, you can do that through our website or um, those of you who aren't in the front row, you can see that little QR code there, that'll get, ch- get our church app, which has all kinds of information, services, whatever you want. It's all there, okay? Um, Other announcements. Um, In a month, on May 7th, um, we're going to have Haven 101, which is our our, our class to find out haven's history be part of it, what we do, and what our approach to ministry you probably saw when you came in if you came in the center doors, you saw no grow servants share, and that 's what we we stand for we 'll talk a slight bit about that today, but um, that we we unpack that after church on Sunday, may seventh so just if you 'd like to just plan on um, being here and coming up after that then in June eleventh we are having our baptism celebration last year we had one we had twenty plus people um, that were baptized and We walked across the parking lot, not in the big pond here, don't worry, Um, but we walked across, and there is a creek that goes back and forth there. It's a beautiful area, so um, we'll we'll start registrations for that, to have people come. It's a great opportunity. Um, Those who participate get a T-shirt, certificate, and some other things, but we also have a big meal in here afterwards, so it's a great opportunity, so be thinking about that. Write these on your calendar so you can go ahead and uh, and be part of that. It's a great atmosphere to do that. All right? Sound good? And then... um, I knew you were dying to know what I'm going to talk about next. So in two weeks, because next week our youth are going to take over the service. Um, they're going to, they've been doing some of the music. They sound really awesome. And um, and then uh, you're going to have a co-in preach. It's going to be Judah, my, my youngest son. He's going to go ahead and preach. And so um, you haven't heard him yet. Don't clap. You know, so, you know, but anyway, um, so, but uh, but anyway, that's um, going to be great to have them uh, participate. jed been working; out. he'll do a great job. They all will, I know. And um, and so, and then the following week, I'm going to start a new series um, called "I Doubt It." And what we're going to deal with is is doubt. Uh, anybody ever doubted God? Anybody? Yes. I mean, it's okay. You, you, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't. I'm in church this Easter. I can't say that. Yes, you can. Um, God is okay with you doubting Him. What we're going to do is we're just going to deal with the concept of doubting God. And, um, and just deal with it and throw it out there. And things that people don't want to talk about, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, doubting God. And we're going to do that for several, several weeks. All right? So that's where we're headed. Sound like a plan? All right, now let's figure out what we're going to do today. We have been in a series for the last couple of weeks um, called Lost and Pursued, and we're in the chapter of Luke 15. Luke is um, the third in the Gospels in the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then John. John's a little bit different than the other ones, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this chapter in uh, 15 is, a lot of people have titled it, God's Lost and Found, because um, He's talking about uh, several things that are lost. He talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then a lost son historically, but um, we've talked about it as lost sons. We talked about those the last couple weeks. Last week we talked about the older son. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the younger son, and we're going to talk about the father. Um, more so today. So, um, and really we're going to talk a little bit about coming back to the Father's house. So, when we were planning Easter music, I just really wanted to sing that song. What a great song, um, Run to the Father. Isn't that a great song? It'll stick in your head all day, which is awesome. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I, I really believe in life that many people, because of probably how the church is uh, universal, has given a, a wrong uh, view, is that many of us think that we are too far, we've gone too far to get back to God, or too far... To come back into the faith or come back to the Father. And one of the things that I, I've recognized, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time people said to me, Oh, if I walk into church, the roof will cave in. I said, Well, I've been preaching for almost 28 years, so it hadn't yet, you know. Actually, it did. The first church, uh, one of the first church I served, a hurricane hit it, true story, and the roof did cave in. I said, See, it happened with me. Now we're all good. Um, but, um, but what I want to do is just encourage you today um, that it's never too late to return back to God. Um, and he's, he, he wants and desires an awesome relationship with you. So let's just start with a prayer today, and then we'll, we'll kick in further. Father, we love you, and um, I just thank you for this amazing church and your amazing love that we can just celebrate the gift of your son, uh, not only his suffering and death, but ultimately his resurrection. And God, I just pray that you would help us uh, just set everything else aside and just lean in a little bit closer today and just um, really kind of just focus on what you have for us. That that will take a, a, some minutes during the, our, our busy schedules to just set it aside and just lean in and find out what the, the Scripture says, and you make it come alive to us. And so, Lord, I just believe and pray that this is a season for many people to come back to the Father, to come back home, to come back to the heart of God, to come back to your purpose, to come back to your will and your call. And, and so I just pray that, Lord, that you will just um, just call them back and that they will hear your voice and, and that, God, you will, you will do something mighty in this really weird uh, wacky world that we live in, and so God, I just um we, again we do love you. Thank you for the resurrection, and we love you so much. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm gonna. Those of you who know me, I'm gonna shock you. Um, I tend to be a curious person, and if anybody knows me, um, that means I I've got to figure stuff out. I like I like to figure out um, how things work. I like to find out what makes. Th- Things tick. I, I, I like to. I like to. One of one of the full-time jobs that I have is I like to figure out people. And you can really kind of like take all your time because anybody ever seen people today? and heard people today? I mean, you can really get messed up in trying to figure out people and, and where they're going. But um, a lot of times, I just like to to figure out things. Now, my problem in life is when I was younger, um, and some. Did, to now uh, today's standards, I, I like to figure out stuff, um, and so I will often take things apart. But I'm not very skilled in getting things back together, and so I've learned like to have people like Keith and others who help me get stuff back together. One day, Keith came and dropped Judah off at, after church, and I had my car. Um, torn apart in the middle. And he goes, I knew there was a reason I came over. And so thankfully my car was out of commission for about a week while I was trying to put it back together. But uh, anybody else like to do that? You like to think how things work? Uh, anybody? Am I just the only one here? Okay. Um, but like um, back in the days when you had the big long tower uh, computers, I I had no clue about computers, but my father-in-law was one of those people who could read something and then he could do it. But the problem is he would forget it. And so I would bring my computer over and he would forgot what he did, but I remember what he did, but I didn't know why he was doing it, you know. But I, I, I got to a point where I just, you know, mimicked him and did things. I also have this great skill— um, which is called Blessed Interruption. Anybody ever have that? That, like, if you're talking to someone, I will bless you by interrupting you and being part of your conversation. Anybody, anybody else have that, that skill? Okay, it's a wonderful skill, and you'll be blessed awesomely if you're having a side conversation and I show up. Um, but, um, I, you know, I just, that's just who I am, and uh, I, I love to talk. I love to, uh, to learn about people. And so last week we were talking about, um, when we talked about the older brother, story. And I talk about, like, this is something else that I like to do. When I'm reading the Scripture, I like to put myself in it. Anybody like that? Anybody, anybody do anything like that? So, for instance, like, when I am, when I am reading, like, a, or hearing about Jesus feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children, so it could have been 15,000 people, I'm, like, passing, passing a basket with bread. You know what I mean? And I'm taking a bite. And it, you're looking at me like I got four heads. Uh, anybody anybody do that? Anybody else do that? And so I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm kind of looking at what's going on, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not the little kid who Jesus takes his little lunchable. I'm not that kid, but I'm, I'm the one who's like, hey, you know, oh yeah, thanks for some bread and some fish. Okay, good. I got that, you know, pass it on. Here you go. Got more. Go ahead. And I'm always the guy who's cheering on Jesus. I'm never the guy who's like, no, Jesus, that's not going to happen. I'm never, you know, nobody's ever, nobody when you read the uh, passion narrative is ever saying, I'm going to be Judas today. You you realize that? Nobody ever says, I'm Judas or Doubting Thomas. We always pick the good ones, don't we? I'll be John. You know, like, that's that's where we find ourselves. Um, then you can look like a, the rich young ruler, who's a guy who's, who's wealthy, and he's, he's a good guy, and he says, I've kept everything. And Jesus said, hey, one thing, give up all you have, and then come follow me. And I, wanna, I, I find myself in that story, saying and he just turns, he walks away sad. I'm like, no, 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 come back. You'll really like this. We'll know your name the rest of Scripture. Come on, we don't know anything about you except for you're rich and you're young, and you won't be that way forever. So just come on, follow Jesus. You guys are still looking at me really weird right now, okay? Um, But but I do that. I like to put myself in the midst of the stories. And um, one of those that has been uh, so big to me has been this story uh, in in Luke chapter 15, toward the end of the chapter, um, with... What, what is known as the prodigal son, and as we shared last week, the man has two sons, and they're both prodigal, and prodigal just means that they're reckless or, or they're wasteful in their living, and that's, that's what he did. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to look at both sons. One is the younger son, who it's actually named after, which I think wrongly, and he goes off to a far country, squanders everything away, and the elder son, we talked about that last week, you can go ahead and check that out last uh, from last week if you want to, where where the elder son, the elder brother, just kind of is lost, but he's in the house. And so I've looked at this, and there's so much focused on the younger brother, there's so much on the older brother. But I'm going to tell you, the main character in this is neither one of them. It's the father. And that's what I really want to talk about today. I fully believe that it's it's about the heart of the Father. And I love this verse of Scripture, and I think it's perfect that we're doing it today on Easter because I don't think there's anywhere in all of Scripture, anywhere in all the Bible, that reveals more about the heart of God than this story. And I I really want to share that with you today. The prodigal son or the lost son or whatever you want to say, it, it has an impact on not just church history but on history in general. Charles Dickens, anybody heard of him? You do around Christmas time. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, he wrote that the prodigal son is the greatest short story ever written. William Shakespeare borrowed plots and motifs, uh, motifs excuse me, from uh, the parable and added them to uh, the Merchant of Venice and Henry VIII plus a couple others. And you can go into many art museums or you can jump online and, and take a look at people like Rembrandt and Rubens painted sections of this great story. Uh, that Jesus told this great parable. And so it's, it's really incredible that Jesus is retelling this story. And why is he doing it? Because if we start at the beginning of this chapter and we talk about it, there were some religious leaders that were there. They were called the Pharisees. And there was others, depending upon your version, teachers of the law or scribes. And um, they were the cream of the crop in the Jewish religion. They were the ones who, had the, who, were the, who were the best of the best. And they had a problem. They had a problem with Jesus because he was hanging out with people that they thought were much, less, much lesser than them. He should be hanging out with us. And it tells us that the Pharisees were watching, and they began to murmur about Jesus. Now, you ever know when somebody's talking about you? Has anybody ever seen that when somebody's talking about you? Anybody? Like, what do they tend to do? People tend to go, Hi, how are you? You know, you get that kind of reaction that when people are talking about you. So Jesus is sitting there. He's hanging out with these people. And they're sitting there and they're like, oh, my gosh, can you believe what he, he's hanging around with tax collectors and sinners? Now, many of us may lump them together during this time of year, tax collectors and sinners. But they were they were doing that. And as I've explained um, for the last several weeks, Rome would go ahead and say, okay, you owe us 10%. It would go to a regional uh, tax person who would say, okay, well, this person owes us 15%. To which the local person would say, oh, but you owe us 20. So everybody was taken for themselves. With me? Everybody was taken for themselves and pocketing it. And when we, speaking of the uh, feeding of the 5,000, many of them had no place to go. And many scholars believe it's because of the Roman taxation system that they couldn't afford it. And so they lost their homes. And so that's why they were looking down upon these Roman tax collectors and sinners. So in this section, Jesus then goes ahead and says, okay, let me tell you a story. And he tells one about a lost sheep, that there's 99 and one went away and, and, and the shepherd went to find him. And the other one, because, why did he go to find him? Because that one sheep matters to the shepherd. Then we talk about a lost coin and a woman searches, she cleans, she, she goes ahead and brings up a, 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 a lamp and she's looking for it and she sweets all over it, she finds it. And in each of these cases, when they find it, they call their neighbor and say, rejoice with me, I found my coin. Why did she do that for a coin? It was a day's wages and it meant something to her. And then we talked about these lost sons. So what I want to do with you is I want to go ahead. I'm going to read through this section. We're going to unpack it. It's, um, it's some scriptures. And I wrote them down for you in the bulletin. And they're also um, going to be on the screen. And then we're going to start in Luke uh, 15, chapter I mean, verse 11. And you, can, if you have your own Bibles, you want to look at that. You can pull it out on your app, whatever you want to do. So here it goes. Here we go. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate that is coming to me. Stop. What does that mean? It means that he is basically telling his father, Dad, you're taking too long to die. I thought you'd be dead by now, and I get my stuff. You're taking too long. I want you dead. Give me my stuff so I can go away from you. All right? Now, if, if I have two sons, if, if the younger one did that one, he would no longer be here. You know what I mean? But the father goes ahead and says, okay, he does it. He's hurt. But it says, um, it says and the father divides it between his two sons. And it, then it says, and he divided between them. And not many days later, and a short time later, the younger son got every, gathered everything together, and he went on a journey to a distant country. He wanted to get away as far as he could from them with his half of the estate. And when he was there... He squandered his estate in wild living. Translation, he had a really, really, really good time. Because if you're not, if you're, if you, somebody says you're doing wild living and you squander all the way, you better be having a good time. And, and if you ain't sending fun, you ain't sending right. You know what I mean? And, and that's what's happened. He's just letting it go. He's, have, he's got friends that he never knew he had, but he ends up burning through this money and everything that he has in a short amount of time. And when he had spent everything, a severe uh, famine occurred in that country, and he began doing without. And I think this is amazing because this is probably the first time this young boy, or however old he is, first time in his life he's ever been in need father took care of everything before. When he was getting ready to leave, he took everything off and went to another country. And the first time in his life, he's needy. He's he's wanting for stuff. And so he went and he decided to hire himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And so he sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Now that's a problem. The problem is because he's a Jewish boy and the Jewish faith, you're not allowed to be around pigs. I'm all thankful for um, in the book of Acts where God showed Peter lots of things that we can have um, bacon cheeseburgers now, right? Now everybody like bacon. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Jesus. All right? Um, so the resurrection gives us eternal life and bacon. How much more can you, can you love that? So anyway, he's hanging out with the pigs, and he, he, he was hungry, and so he, he longed to fill his, his stomach with the carob pods that the pigs were eating and that and pig slop, and no one was giving him anything. All those people that surrounded him that helped spend his, his money, they're all gone. And then he's sitting there, and he says, "And this is, but when he came to his senses, you know what that means? It means he was out of his mind. Anybody ever been doing something in life where you're out of your mind? Yeah. Anybody just have a moment where you just feel like you are just living out of your mind? Anybody? I mean, we can set up a confession booth afterwards if you want, and we can get really have a really good Easter. All right? But I mean, you know, there's there's times Jack Cohen lost years. All right? It's happened to WVU. All right? Um, and some others in there too. But what I'm saying is. Those years, I mean, he's, he's lost his mind. Like, is there a point in your life that you look back and you go, that was me? I, did I really do that? And some of you may be in that point right now. Who knows? But here, here's what he's doing. It says, he came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired laborers or servants have more than enough bread? But here I am dying from hunger, and I will set out and go to my father. And I will say to my father, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. He has a heart change. He has a, a, it's a turning point that's here. And then he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your sons who treat me as one of your hired laborers. So now he's set to go back. He says, he's set to come out and he goes to the Father. And I love this part here. So he's going back. Now, remember what he said. He's saying, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm unworthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And, and you know, like, I, like I've said before, and I said a little bit last week, he's practicing this. Have you, have you Anybody ever remember a time where you got in trouble with your parents? Anybody? Anybody have parents? All right, all right. Um so like a time you know you know that you're coming home and and you know the next time you see your dad you are in deep trouble. Anybody? And you're like making that long walk and you're like, what shall I say? And and he's going, Father, I have sinned against you. No, 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 no. Father, wonderful father, I have sinned against you. Father, I've sinned. How should I do this? He's just thinking about that all the way. He's so nervous. He's, he's, he's broken. We learn he's barefoot and he has nothing. He's hungry. And he's, he's on the way home. And, it's, and I love this part. But he set out and came to his father. But when he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion for him. He ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, here he goes, he's, he's practicing, um, and he's like, Oh, oh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. He's getting ready to get to the servant part here. But the father's run out the door. He's hugged him around the neck. And the father says, he's not less him. He says, quick, 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 bring the best robe, because he's looking pretty rough now. He's, he needs some clothes on. So get get the best robe, he said, and get that ring on his finger. That gave him like the signet ring of the family. It meant something important. It meant that he was still a son. And he said, oh, by the way, his feet... He doesn't have anything on his feet. Get him some sandals. Get him some sandals and put it on his feet. Oh, and we are going to have a party. We're going to go ahead. I want the best steak there is. Kill that fat calf, right? Kill it. We're going to have good stuff. We're going to have the, the, you know, bring in Emerald Lagasse. We're going to have it really, really good. It's going to be awesome. And then we're going to have it here. We're going to have a party because the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. And I wish the story ended here. But as we learned last week, it doesn't. Because there's an older son, and the older son's in the field. And when he came, he approached the house and he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and said, what's going on? And he said to him, your brother has come home safe and sound. How happy do you think that brother was about this at that time? Oh, yay, party, right? I'm sure he wasn't. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him, come on in, come on in. But he answered uh, answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I've been serving you. I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Remember, the father divided everything in half. He could have had a goat any time he wanted and a party because it was his. But when this son of yours came home, anybody ever get into an argument with somebody like you ever get into an argument with your significant other and you say uh, your son, let me tell me what your son did. your daughter, you know what your daughter said to me That's what he's saying here and if your kids ever done that um your 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 daughter like it's your sister, no she ain't no sister of mine. Right? They go through that. That's what he's doing here. He's written him off. He says, that son of yours came in. He devoured all your wealth um, with prostitutes and, and fun and all kinds of stuff. And you slaughter the fattened calf for him. And he said, is, is that the father's listening to him. He's irate. And he says, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate. Not that I chose to celebrate. We had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has now been found. I love the story and I don't want to get right to it. I mean, when you sum up the prodigal son story it's one of the greatest comeback stories of all time. And so with my ADHD brain, as I, looked, I wrote down comeback story, I started thinking about other comeback stories, and it got me into, like, the world of the Internet looking up comeback stories. And you know one of the ones I thought was one of the coolest? Who's heard of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock? Anybody heard of him? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, wanted to be an NFL football player, and he was in Canada. He had to go to Canada. And when he was in Canada, he actually got cut. And he came back home to live with his parents, and he had seven dollars to his name. Seven dollars. And then he decided to be a wrestler, like some of his family. And he became one of the top wrestlers. And he's like one of the top grossing uh, movie stars in the world, like 350 million dollars. I think he's got a little bit more than seven bucks right now. You know what I mean? But what a comeback story. And I, I read all kinds of others of those now. but. What is it about this comeback story? Because I really believe that in many ways there's, so, there's many people that at one point you really love God. At one point you really love the things of God. You love to be around the church. You love the church. But for one reason or another, it could have been the older brother because we have some older brothers that, that hurt you and just sent, told you you, you got to go away. Or maybe we just felt like we're, we're so filthy and we, we've gone so far away from God that there's no way we can possibly come back to the Father's house. Whatever it may be, I want to give you hope, and I want to um, I want to let you know that whatever you've done, it doesn't supersede the heart of the Father to want you back into His house. There are so many things that just jump out me at me every time I read and think about this story. The first thing is I want to know why. Remember, I said I'm curious. I want to know why the son left in the first place. Don't you want to know? Maybe it was the older brother. I don't know, but I've looked at it a hundred times, and I'm like, what causes him to go ahead and say, Dad, I wish you were dead? I wish you were dead. Give me your stuff so I can get out of here. I've got a lot of theories and thoughts, but none of them are, are real. They're just in my mind. And I can see him leaving, gathering his stuff and leaving, and the father's just sitting there, son, don't go. Don't go. Just stay. No, come on. Just, and him just bolting out the door. And I still don't know what it was about, but guess what? It doesn't matter because I often wonder sometimes why I do the things I do. Anybody else like that? Sometimes you just go ahead and say, what in the world, why did I drift? Why did I slip? Why did I fail? Why did I walk away? Um, Who knows why I just give up or things that I do? And you know what I found out? I found out that there's never a good answer to why questions. Like I can say to myself, why did I just say that? Or, or why did I do that? You ever go like, what, what in the world am I doing? Um, or why did I respond that way? And why is my family like this? And why am I acting this way? And why do, I have, why, why do I have so much but yet I'm miserable all the time? We don't know what went on with this man, but we know one thing, that he wanted to get away and he wanted to get far away from the Father. And so one of the things that is is in your uh, bulletin guide is the first thing that, you know, we've talked about what you can lose here. And if you don't go to the Father's house, one of the things that you can lose is your home, your home in heaven. As In Luke chapter 9, it says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So what I want to look at is we don't want to lose that home, but what we want to do is talk about the perspective of the Father in this. I think about the father here. When his son goes out the door, he's saying, no, 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 son, come back. Son, don't leave. And yet, I wonder if it seems like he was still looking. Two days go by, and he's looking, and he's like, hmm, I wonder if he's coming home yet. Sundown, and he goes in, no, comes out every, every day, nothing. Two weeks later, he's out there looking again, and I wonder if today is the day he's going to come home. Nothing. Maybe two years later, because he took a while to get through the— got through that uh, wealth really quickly. And man, could this be the year my son comes home? Could this be the year that he comes home? Every day of life, the father went and just looked, just looked and looked and looked. You know, I was thinking about some of this— and some of you some of your parents will, will get this when you have some, some older kids. Like I remember um, when Jacob went away to college, um, and he went up to, into um, Eastern, up in Philadelphia. And, you know, when we dropped him off, Melissa was upset. I was like, hey, good boy. I can go rock it out. Have fun, you know. And, um, you know, because you got to be dad, right, um, that kind of stuff. And I remember when he was there, you know, it was, it was like, cool. I was glad for him. Until you have that family dinner, parents with me and there's an empty seat, right? You know what I mean? And you look and you're like, wow, that's weird. Or you look for somebody to take the other kids that are younger and you're like, oh, he's not here to do it, right? And then you walk by his room and you realize it's clean, so you know he's not home, <laughs> all right? And, uh, and you go through that. But, but there's this thing that you see something like, like a shirt or something that he had and you go, wow, wow, you have that, that missing. Parents, are you with me? who have been at stage? And you wonder, hey, is he coming home today? And then they come home for a while and you're ready for him to go again, right? But, but, but that's what happens at times. And, and then um, when Emiguel and Elijah got married, um, you know, I was like, sure, yeah, that's great. You're a great guy. And then I found out they're moving out. Wait, you're not taking her. You can get married, but she got to stay here, you know, um, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And um, and then I remember the day when they were, like the days they were getting stuff and they were loading it up and taking it. And some of that stuff, you're going, hey, that's mine. Get that, you know, bring that back. You're not supposed to stay. But then they're taking stuff and they're going to put it in their own place. And parents, are you with me who've gone through that thing? It's weird when they're not there in your house anymore. Now they got too many dogs. I don't want them there anymore, but you know what I mean? Um, they… They bring that grandbaby in a couple of weeks. She can stay with us. But You know what I mean? Um, but it's just odd, isn't it? Right? It's just odd that there's something that's missing. And um, what, about, what about friends? How many of you have people in your life that are just gone from your life? Like you might be on your phone and one day, you know, that like pops up that memory. And you see that face and that person. And then you look at it and you're sorting through some papers. And you pull out a card, maybe it's a birthday card or some other kind of card that from someone telling you how much your friendship or your relationship um, means to them and how thankful they are for that friendship and you're the best friend that they've ever had and you'll, all, you'll always be a brother or sister to them. And the last conversation you had with them was, hey, I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay. And that was three, four years ago. And they cut you out of their lives. They blocked you everywhere and you don't have a clue why. And you sometimes go, well, maybe... Maybe when you find that card, maybe today's the day they'll come back. Maybe today's the day they'll explain what happened. Anybody with me here with any of this stuff? And yet, for some reason, you have no idea, and we don't have any idea f- about the son. And I'm sure people tried to comfort the dad and say, "Let me tell you, he wasn't your best son anyway." right that other boy he's works he does hard you know that's the one you should have given everything to and look how he treated you think about how much he hurt you the things that he said to you and and he left and he took and just could care less so why are you wasting your time caring about him and let me tell you, we've heard some stories about this boy in a far-off country. He is a complete embarrassment to your family. Thank God he doesn't have to be in your house and your son. If he comes at this door, you lock that door, don't you do anything to him. He is such an embarrassment. And just forget about him and all that pain and hurt he caused. And even though everybody else was giving up on him, the father didn't. The father didn't. Because the father never stops watching. He never stops looking at that horizon and believing that his boy is going to come home. Never does he ever stop. You know, and when we go off to far countries, there are things that that feel appealing and and energizing, but at some points they just, they break us because when we're separated from God the Father, there's times in our lives we always have a moment where we go, I need God. Whether it's something that happens to somebody we love, something that happens to us, there is always a point in everybody's life where you have to say, I can't do this on my own. And I need my Father. So in verse 20, he sets out, coming back to the Father. And I love this, that it says when he's a far way off. He's way far away. And I love what King James says in this. I think it's rather humorous. It says... um, when the father sees him, he was yet a far a great way off, and his father saw him. He had compassion on him, and he ran and he fell on his neck. I, that father just like clotheslined him. He was so happy to see him. He just like tackles him, and and you know that's not even the best thing. The best thing is his daddy's old, right? And his daddy is doing what? Run. Running. Now I gotta tell you, I'll be fifty-two in a week. I don't look near as good as I ever did running as I do now. I never look good running. This is not a body built for running. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, you kind of think that you're like that teenager where you can just be like, huh, like this and run. You know, I mean, this looks kind of weird, too. But anyway, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're running, and I can tell you, I can be, an, I, I, can, I work out, like, five days a week. And um, that's why I'm so muscular and buff up here. But I will do that, and I'll get on a, a elliptical, on treadmills. And it is not pretty to see Jack Cohen run. Now, you know, make my age, you know, add, add like, 30 years to me, add, like, more. It's even worse. You know, like, when you see, like, I, this is my mind again. I was looking. I, I got on the Internet yesterday. It's a confession moment. And I was looking for old people running. All right, and I found lots of them. I found and. A hundred-year-old plus man and a hundred-year-old woman who set the world record for people over 100. Of course they did in running. But one of the guys, they were running so fast. I was like, how did you fill a whole track with people over 100 to run? I mean, I don't want to run much now, and they they would beat me. I mean, but still, no matter how good they were in the skill of running, it still was not pretty because you know when you get a little bit older, like you think you think you're a kid and you think like. You know, I'm gonna get there like I used to. Like we used to shag fly balls. You know, hit a baseball and we go and we want to get like almost there and dive and catch it. Now I can't even get almost there. I'm in the next zip code. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm hurting for months after that. It's not pretty because you got stuff flailing all over the place and it's just. And and I'm thinking, his dad. You know, he's like, and I'll tell you one time um, when when Jacob was younger. Um, and, and I, I, I wasn't working out at all. I don't think it would have helped. But he was fast. He gets that from his mother's side of the family. Not, again, this bill. But he did something, and I said, get over here. Get back here. And he looked at me, and he started running. <laughs> and he was running around the house. And my kids, they're laughing now because they saw me totally out of shape, running. I'm like, Aah! I'm running all around. Oh, when I get you, boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die if I don't get you. And I'm like, and I'm like, when, 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 when I catch my breath, you're done. You know what I mean? And and so what I do? I did with every out of shape older dad does, you go in, you lock the door and say, he's got to come home sometime, right? And when I get him, then I'm going to get him. And I realized, oh my gosh. And the the kids will talk about, remember that time that dad was running around the house after Jacob and he couldn't catch him? I'm like, yes, I do. It was not fun. Um, and so, so we have those moments. It's not pretty. You understand what I'm saying? It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And here is this dad. He's running. He sees his son. He's been waiting for days, weeks, months, years. He sees him, and he full-out sprints, and it ain't pretty. But son didn't even pay attention. He's going, Father, I've sinned against heaven. Father... I said, Father, and all of a sudden his head's probably down, and his dad tackles him. Like, tackles him and just starts kissing on him. He's kissing on him. He's like, oh, Dad, uh, Father, I've sinned against you. He's like, Dad's like, shut up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. But, Dad, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. Shh, shh, shh. Sh. I don't want to hear it. I'm not worthy to be called you. Nah, I said, shut up. Hey, hey, guys. And the, the servants are going to wonder why this guy's running, and they get up to him and they say, he says, hey, hey, do me a favor. Shh. Hey, go ahead. Get get, get a robe for my boy. Go ahead. While you're there, get him this ring. And then while you're there, get him some sandals for those feet. And oh, we're going to have a party because he's back. We're going to have a party because he's back. The son did not even get to the point. He got to the point, I'm not worthy, but he never got to the point of, make me your servant. Because for the father... It was always about he was his boy. No matter what he did, he was still his boy. Now, don't miss this. The father never ran to a far-off country. Why is that important? The boy was in need where? In a far-off country. The father was looking, but he never went to the far-off country. What he waited for was the son to turn around and head back to him. There are so many of us who are in our far countries in need, and we're saying, God, Daddy, can you do something here? Can you help me out? And he's saying, I'm just waiting for you to turn back. I'm just waiting for you to have a change of heart and turn back to me, to really love me and love my house and my presence, and I will meet you before you even get here. He was still a long way off, and the father ran and met him. The father was so excited when he came in. The son had his speech ready and never got to the part. If I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me a No. You're my son. You're my son. I don't want to hear that speech. God the father wants you to know that what he wants to do is when you turn back, when you turn back to him and say, have that moment of awakening, that turn point where you just say, you know what, I've been doing this on my own. I, I, there's, Yeah, I, got, I, I have some fun in life, but really deep down in, I miss my dad. And when you do that, all God is waiting for is you to turn back and he's going to meet you. And he says, when you come back, I'm not treating you as a servant. I'm treating you as a son or a daughter because that's who you are. And that's who you are to me. That's who who you always will be. And the father doesn't want to hear. He says, just, I I don't want to hear what you say because I'm just going to treat you exactly like you were when you left. The older brother doesn't want to do that, but the father does. Because when you turn back to the father, he will run to you. He'll love on you. He will clothesline you and love on your neck. And the party begins. But there's the older brother. And last week we talked about older brother syndrome. The older brother was good by all all circumstances when you saw him outside he was the one who, who was like doing the right thing but yet there was a problem he had a broken relationship with the father he was around the father but he never just loved being with the father there's so many of us who are who have dealt with the older brother syndrome time and time again and and remember anytime you come back if you come back for um, to God's purpose for your life, or the gift of God, or the calling that He's placed on your life, or or the will of God, and the hand of God on your relationships, and the hand of God on your life. Remember, there's always an older brother or sister on the porch waiting to tell you everything they heard about what you did. The father doesn't want to hear that, though. And that might be why many people have turned and run further to a country, because when they started to come home, there's an older brother and sister and say, oh yeah, I know who you are, you should be over, you should, don't do that. When the father says, shut up, I know who you are. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. And this is where you belong. The, the older brother always says, hey, you can come back, but go out to the servant quarters. You can come back, but you're not going to get full-fledged, you know, son or daughtership. No way. For the moment God gave me the vision for Haven Church, I always wanted it to be a a safe place. You saw as you came in, no gross ever chair. I wanted it to be a place where people know God. I'm not just saying in your head. I'm saying that you know God intimately, that you just just can sense him. You can feel him. You can experience him in a vibrant relationship, an intimate knowing. Take you from a religious experience to a real living personal relationship with God. I want people to be able to grow. And what I mean by grow, I mean finding freedom. You can't grow unless you find freedom. And the best way to find freedom in life is not through religion. It's through relationship. It's through relationship with a, with a loving and authentic God who loves you so much. To serve. What's that mean? To discover your purpose. We all have a purpose that God has placed in our lives. Something that that we're supposed to do for Him and for our life. And I've heard, and I've said this several times, that the greatest two days in your life are the day that you're born and the day you discover why you're born. Why God put that in you. And when you find that, it's never work. It's never anything because there's a purpose and it's fulfilling. I've always wanted this place to be a lighthouse on a hill a spiritual hospital the name haven came to me uh, some of you know when i was on a lawnmower and god just gave it to me and uh, haven is a safe place where people can come and and seek god and figure out and say the things that that aren't right and discover those things that aren't there and and have we had elder brothers and sisters over the years yes we have but i am tell you as a commitment. Um, I'm, I'm going to be my daddy's keeper. And I'm going to say, that's not going to happen here. This is a place where we need to love people in the family. Because meanwhile, outside, there's a lot of far countries that people are going to, and we are missing them for the kingdom of God because this is about eternal life. We're not only missing them from our churches at many times, but we're missing people from eternal life and their home in heaven. And so we need to embrace um, people that that. The Lord just wants us to reach out to. And I've got to get rid of the older brother stuff in me at times. If I'm honest, there's a little bit of elder brother that's in me. And they got to move it out. I want people to know that they're loved and they're welcomed and they're embraced. And ultimately they can can connect to God, grow in God, and find their purpose and live their life with him. And so as I wrap this up today, I'm going to give you three brave, simple steps on how to come back to the Father. The first thing is simply this, three steps. Realize our need. Realize our need for salvation and eternal life. This younger son was hanging out in the pig, pig pen, eating pig pods. One day he ate pig pods. He couldn't even get them. And one day he, he sat and he looked and he said, whoa, wait a second. I'm a Jewish boy. I shouldn't even be around these pigs let alone want what they have to eat, this isn't who I am. There comes times in many of our lives that we just sit around and if we really stop life and we really look we say, wow, this isn't who I am. Uh, if, you, if you told me this is who I was going to be three years ago, I would have said no way. If, uh, how did I end up here? And that's when we we come to our senses to realize, I don't belong here. This is not what my call is. This isn't, what in the world am I doing here? You know, this is not... Um I wasn't created to live this way. Um, we're not supposed to have this relationship this way. I'm not supposed to talk to people this way. Uh, uh, my, our family is not so supposed to act like this. This is not how I'm supposed to feel every day. This is, uh, why is this happening in my life and why am I in, in this point? And it's, this is not the purpose of God and His will for my life, and I know that. But man, I have journeyed and I have wandered to a far-off country. And sometimes I just ran. And he realizes... I want to go home. I just want to see my dad. I just want to talk to my dad. Over the past couple of years, um, some of you know me, know that I went through a lot of stuff, a lot of crazy stuff, and some of you don't know, but it's just like, every, like, like the world just took me and shook me up, like you know, that little boggle game, blah, blah, you know, shook me around. And then wherever the pieces fell, they fell. And, and I remember a couple times of that saying, I just would do anything to just be able to talk to my dad. And some of you know my dad. No, my dad was just somebody who could say the right thing whenever. Even when I was messing up and and living my, my prodigal years and all that other kind of stuff of the outside younger brother, my dad always knew what to say the right thing. Sometimes it was straighten up as I'm kick your rear end and I got a big shoe to do it with. Um, but my dad had a built-up leg. It's, he would think it's funny. Um, even though you didn't. Um but anyway, um he uh but, like, one time when I was really messing up and just doing my own thing, and he, he said a lot of other things to me, and he said, you know, he said, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord's never going to leave you, but one day he's going to let you go. And I kind of, yeah, whatever, let's just preach talk, whatever. But it settled in my spirit. And I realized I didn't want to be let go from God. And none of us should ever want to be let go from God. That's what happened to the younger brother. You see, he said he just wanted to go home because he knows he needs to get back to the father's heart. Remember, this story is not about the son. It's about the father's heart. It's interesting that when Jesus, his friend Lazarus, died, Jesus arrives, and he's very close to Lazarus' sister, Mary and Martha, and each of them says the same thing. If you'd been here, if you'd been here, he wouldn't be dead. Oh, if you'd just been here. And Jesus says, hey, here he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even in me, even though they die, they'll live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he takes it from this, this part here. Anyone who believes in me, and he looks right at her and says, do you believe this? Now think about where she was. Her brother's been in the tomb for several days, stinking it up. And Jesus says, wait, wait a second. I didn't have to get here on your time. I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe it? And for us, we can go in and check whatever box we want and say we believe in Jesus. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Are you supposed to be in the father's house? Are you one of his children? Do you say, that's my daddy. And I want to get back to him. And do you also believe that he is the resurrection of life and that when you take the last breath in this world that you've got a place in heaven that he has prepared for you in my father's house? Do you believe that? That's the question to start by asking yourself today. The second thing is this. Repent and turn towards God. He says, I've sinned. And he, he says, i got to get back to dad. And he says, he turned back. You know, repent's one of those, those churchy words that you like expect the... Have it said like mean, like repent. You're gonna get an like, angry look on your face. Repent, mm, repent. Like you gotta have a 50-pound Bible. You gotta smack somebody over the head and say repent. You know what I mean? And like, you know. Or if it came to life, it would like have boxing gloves, like Mike Tyson, and just beat you around. Repent. You know? Like, oh my gosh. You guys, I told you my mind just takes to stuff like this. But anyway, um, go along with it. Uh, anyway, um, but I gotta tell you, what I found in life is this. Repenting and repentance is the greatest thing our daddy has ever given us. Because no matter how much I mess up, and I have, and no matter how much you mess up, and guess what? You have, the person next to you is a pretty big sinner. And guess what? The person on the other side is a pretty big sinner. And guess what? The person they're looking at is too. And the person you are listening to definitely is. But when I turn my heart and my face back to the Father, I'm forgiven. And that is the greatest thing. That I've ever, he doesn't even want to hear how I'm going to figure out. All he wanted to hear was, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Boom, he's done. All right, I'm good. God doesn't need you to work out your punishment plan. That's like, you ever have, like, where parents go ahead and say, okay, you've done this, so you come up with your punishment. That's torturous. Don't you think so? It's a great thing to torture your kids with as well. But, but you know what I mean? Come up with your own punishment plan. We don't have to come up with a punishment plan because Jesus took the punishment upon him for you and me. If you believe it, if you believe it, if you believe it, one of the things he says is, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy in my dad's house. I'm not worthy of anything that you give to me. I'm not worthy of anything. And you may say to yourself, I'm not worthy to have have this. I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that. And you're right, you don't, and neither do I. But because of whose we are, we get it. Because he says, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, seek my house first. And I'm going to add everything else to you as well. In Acts 3, 3, 19, they're going around and they're talking to people. And Jesus says this. uh, I mean, the the disciples say this to everybody. Repent and turn to God. Repent just means to turn and go the other way. Repent. Okay. That's not scary, is it? Look. Repent. I just repented. I'm repenting all the way up here. Is anything falling in? Just turn and go to God so that your sins are wiped out and that time of refreshing comes. You know what that means? When the boy got to the father and said, Father, I've sinned against heaven against you, he stops and says, Get him a robe, get him some sandals, get him a ring, and throw a party. The time of refreshing is he's going to take care of all your needs. Go going to take care of all that stuff, and he's going to be with you, and he's going to guide you, and he's going to direct you, and you're going to have a newfound appreciation in life. Because the third thing that we get to do is we get to return to new life in Christ. The son had planned on coming home as a slave or as a servant. But his dad had a better plan. He said, you're my son. You've always been my son. You always will be my son. And I'm getting the best for you. But all the son had to do was just turn and go the other way. I'm sure with every step, he thought of some con- condemnation. You know, in going through all that stuff, um, uh, the, the upheaval that I went through for a, a prolonged period of time, it's like right, every, every couple months something else happened. Bam, bam, bam. And, um, and I remember there was one prayer that I could just get out to myself. Like, I mean, I could, yeah, I know you're thinking, yeah, preacher boy, you went to seminary, yeah, you do this, you could write a prayer. Yeah, I could get them out for here. But for myself to mean something, there was one prayer with three words, and it said, it was just, God help me. God help me. Sometimes I couldn't even get the me out, just, God help. Help. You may say, that's not a really good prayer. It's an awesome prayer because it's about, I need my dad. I need the father to go ahead and help me. And when we turn to the father and say, God, help me, that ignites God running. It sends all heaven running toward us. He said, oh, my boy needs me. I'll give you an example. For those of you who have kids, if you have 1, 2, 50, whatever, you hear one scream. You know their voice, and you drop everything and go to them. Am I right? What makes you think your Heavenly Father who loves you more than we could isn't ready to do the same thing? You just got to cry out to him, help, and you'll be right there. My kids have never screamed out in, in agony or needing something where I said, ah, I got, f- I got uh, four more of yeah, I'm good. That's all right, one less at the dinner table. Whoo! thank God, right? No, I've never said that. When they need something, I'm there. Even when I'm upset with them, even if I don't like what they're doing, even if I don't like what they said to me, when they're in need, their daddy's there. Why? Because I love them. Now, don't be pushing it, all right? But you know what I mean? (laughs) That's what I do, and that's what a loving parent does. And what do you think God does? He's waiting for you to say, help, daddy. And he'll run and sprint right to you. We need to realize Repent and return, because it ignites God's sprint. When you take those steps, when you get in the direction of home, you're still a far way off. You're probably thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, if people know what I did, if Dad heard about what I did, I get what I deserve. I mean, he could whoop me when I come through the door. He could punch me right in the face, and I deserve it. And he could probably banish me to another country, and I deserve it. I deserve all of it but but god because of his great love for us because of love for the father we don't get what we deserve what did the son get he got a nice robe he got a ring that showed power he got sandals he got a party but you know what the greatest thing is he got his father he got his father and he got the embrace of heaven and the whole house. When we look at Luke chapter 15, Jesus has religious people, Pharisees, who are the older brothers, telling him who he should hang out with and who, they were better than them. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You've never cried back to me and said, I need your help. You got it all figured out. So I'm, dad's not answering you because you're, you're lost in the house. But the one who's lost and cries out, I'm gonna go to, why did he go look, for, why does you leave 99 and go after one? I mean, in that, that's stupid ratio, you still in the game? Simply because of this, because to the shepherd, the sheep was valuable, I mean, was, was precious. The sheep was precious. And I'm gonna tell you, God is looking every day for you. It's just the day they're coming back. It's just the day they're coming back. Why? Because you are precious to Him. You're precious to Him. The woman searches all around the house for the coin. She looks and 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 she looks. She finds it and she rejoices. She had had nine others. Why did she have to go to all that problem? Because it was valuable to her. The Holy Spirit keeps searching you out because you're valuable to God. You're precious and you're valuable. And when it comes down to the lost sons, you got one, I mean, you know, one's decent. The other one, he he said all that stuff to you. Why does God look every day? Is he coming back? Is he coming back? Why? Because he's unique. There's only one like him. There's only one of you. In all of history, there is only one of you. That God loves you so much that He knit you together and made you fearfully and wonderfully made. And He loves you so much, He gave His life, His Son gave His life on the cross so that you could come back to the Father's house even after you've been off in a far country. And you can recognize that He says, hey, go to the highways and the byways, bring everybody in because I want my house to be full. Amen? That's the father's heart. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to ask that you just stand, and we'll get ready to uh, pray. going to take a drink. Time where we're just gonna take time. We're gonna we're gonna pray. We're we're gonna lift up a time for for um, tithes and offerings. And I just want to let you know one of the things I say, um, is no other reason but just because I, uh, it's just what I feel to say. Um, if you're visiting with us today, we don't expect you to give. We want you to receive. It's, it's it's about the Father's house. It's not about Haven. It's not about me. It's not about any of that. We do a lot of stuff around here and nationally and around the world we have um haven church haiti Um, brothers and sisters who are celebrating um in some very rough environments down there right now and um but it's not about that it's about it's about the lord and so i want you to just receive what god has for you today um and if if you want to give i mean it's there but i mean we're gonna let you out still i mean just to let you know um but um but today I just want um, I want you to just ask yourself where am I in the father's house am I have I been off in a far land have I wandered away am I out in the field somewhere or am I the younger the younger brother that just took off am I the older son and brother who who just is going through the motions your daddy wants a relationship with you And so, bow with me, if you will, today. Father, I thank you once again. I thank you for every single person here. And Lord, I believe as um, even last night, as I couldn't sleep very much, and when I got it, you woke me up just to start praying for today. And um, that there's something that just was churning inside of me, and I believe that, God, you're stirring in others. I just believe that there's somebody has come in the door today, or is watching online, and and this may have been the, this past week may have been the actual worst week of your life, or maybe you're dealing with some of that, or maybe you were on your way here, and you said, ah, I know it's Easter, but I don't know why I'm coming to church, I just, I don't get it, I, I mean, I just, uh, sometimes I don't even get it, and sometimes I just... Uh, feel so far from God. I remember a time where I did feel closer, but I just don't feel it. You don't have to be anymore. Because the Father's looking. He's on the porch. He's out the window, and he's, he's, read, he's got his track shoes on, and he's ready to meet you. Maybe the only thing that you can pray right now is, God, help me. That's all you need to do, and the Father's going to start running to you gonna grab you around your neck and just hug and kiss you and love you. Maybe you feel exiled to a far-off place, but you can come home. Just simply come home, and maybe you've been wandering like a sheep, but just hear this. Jesus, the good shepherd, is searching for you because you're precious to him, and maybe you feel like a coin that you've been just like tossed away or lost, and you're just kind of covered up with the dust and dirt of life, and you feel less valuable in your life, but It doesn't matter where you are. The Holy Spirit is still sweeping and searching because you are so valuable to him. And maybe you just need to hear this today, that regardless of whether you went to a far-off country or lost in the house, that you are unique and special. And then when Jesus was nailed to the cross, you specifically were on his mind. Whatever it may be, your daddy misses you his family, his house, his his flock, his change, everything is, is missing without you there. So I just want to give you an opportunity for some of you who feel far from God or some of you who are just lost in wherever to just take time and come to our senses and just say, I need to get back to the Father and take a step. In doing so, I don't need to do the raise your hands thing, because I want you to raise your hearts and your heads to God. It's about you and the Father, not me. Not this church. It's particularly about the Father. So, Lord, I pray for every person today who who feels that they're far off and who really wants to just come back and be in your presence. They want to come back into the family and with you, Father. They want to feel your embrace. They want to they just want to get back. Whatever elder brother comes in their way, I say, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. God, that's, that, just have them just push that aside because the Father wants them back. So, Lord, I just pray for them and everybody who's coming home. And I pray for those who have never been home first and are, have been wandering, wandering since as long as they can remember. But right now, they heard today that there's a, a daddy who loves them, <coughs> who has a place prepared for them. And we have a Savior who gave his life for them so that they could be connected to the Father. So, God, here we are today. I pray that you will just do a mighty work in their lives, that there's people in the front and the back that will pray with them. I ask you to send your blessing upon the tithe and offering to further your ministry here and around the world, not for us, but for your kingdom and your glory, so that your house may be full. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I cast my mind to Calvary,
0: where Jesus bled
1: and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. Entrance by heavy stone, Messiah's and all of On the third, at break of dawn, the Son
0: of Heaven.
1: He's transferred. Amen. Everybody have an awesome week. Please don't forget the the other announcements that we said. Have a very happy Resurrection Day, very happy Easter. God bless. Welcome to the house. We love you all. God bless.